0: Today, we're going to continue in this season of time, actually to conclude um, secret service, acts of secret service, and focusing in on really what it is to just love, serve, and give in a way that leaves us unnoticed, to give God all the glory and uh, humanity some dignity. That's really the thing. We want to bring glory to God, dignity to others, in the way we walk this all out. And I, I, It's just been a funny... Uh, how many of you are emotional creatures? Can I just get just sometimes you're emotional. Some I know some of you like there's just like the dog dies, and you're here, and you win the lottery, and you're here, and, and, but, I mean, the rest of us, I mean, we're kind of emotional. This morning, I am just kind of wrestling through. Part of it is Tracy wore me out yesterday and worked me so hard. I was moving rocks and planting bushes and mulch. I'm trying to make it sound as rigorous and strenuous as I possibly can. I was sweating and dirty in the garden, Um, but, you know, I don't know. This morning, I just felt like we really need to press through, punch through, regardless of how you're feeling. Don't let your feelings determine the truth God wants to reveal. So would you just put your hand on your heart? Lord, we're, we're not here today to have church. We're not here today just to do a, a religious thing. We're gathered today because we are the church. And we're honoring You, we're honoring Your Word. When You tell us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, we didn't show up to be entertained, but we came, Lord, to engage our faith and to break through not only for our own lives, but for the lives of those around us and the lives that are beyond us. Thank You, Lord, that worship in Peter's day took place in such a way that the foundations of the prison were shaken, the chains were broken off on the guard outside the building. We have no idea what chains have been broken in this community outside the building as a result of our worship today, but we are here to be the people that you have called us to be and declare your word under the anointing and the power of the risen King Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give him praise today in declaration, (laughs) anticipation of all God wants to do. In the name of Jesus. So I put a title on this today of Freedom Fighters as we're concluding this season of time and and hopefully not to just have a season where we focused on doing things uh, in a compassionate way for others, but let that become a lifestyle for us that we perpetuate for many years to come and and, in generations beyond us, to instill that and awaken that in our children. But I want to just ask you a question. How many of you have ever found yourself coming to church, you get revved up, you feel like you're ready to go out and conquer hell and the grave, and then you go out and you find yourself going back to the same patterns and habits that you've had before. Anybody here, can I just say, I want to make sure I'm not alone before I preach this sermon. Uh, and it, so that, that's kind of what I want us to see today as we look at something very interesting. This is not on your your, your note card, but you might want to write it down. It's a great perspective just to rehearse and consider and reflect on we are designed to identify with our destiny. We are designed, designed by God. We are designed to identify with destiny. We are inclined to identify with dysfunction. By design, God wants us to identify with destiny. But by dysfunction, we tend to identify in the wrong direction with dysfunction. And so, the thing that I think we need to look at today is how to really break out of dysfunction by putting our sights, setting our sights on the destiny that God has established and prepared for us. And, and the reason that I think many times we fall back into patterns and habits, uh, it's a pretty simple concept, and it's your first blank, uh, because we believe Jesus is Lord. Amen. We believe Jesus is alive. Amen. We believe he conquered all sin, and we believe we can conquer all sin. Anyone who claims to live in him, 1 John 2, 6, must live as Christ did. We believe all those things. But here's the thing. We believe what we believe, but we love what we love more than we believe what we believe. So we have to be very careful what we choose to love, because your heart is actually a greater force than your brain. In fact, the Bible speaks of your thinking heart. Now, your brain is the on-ramp, the bridge to your heart, and what you fill your mind with will uh, uh, get full in your heart and become the expression of your life, but your heart has this incredible power to navigate even beyond your mental capacity. You, You don't even necessarily think about what's big in your heart. You just, you know, you're there. You're emotionally connected to that which is big in your heart. And so I just want to reiterate it. We believe what we believe, but we love what we love more than we believe what we believe. And I want to just point you to some books that are in the lobby. And these books, all the proceeds go to help families in distress. So uh, just to say that right up front, I'm not trying to sell you books. We're, I think this will be a help to you, and I think it will help others as we do that. But this book is religious confusion. It's the top one, religious confusion. And I cover to cover address this particular issue of how Jesus didn't come just to get us to think differently. He came to get us to love differently. What did he say? Love God, love others. He was going right to the heart. Adultery is not about the physical action. It's about what's in your heart. He kept addressing the heart. And so religious confusion is where the church is kind of centered around what we think rather than what we love. And the truth is you believe what you believe, but you love what you love even more than you believe what you believe. So those are 10 bucks in the lobby. You can go to the website uh, and, and pick them up if you want to do that. There are a little more there. But you can get a Kindle version for less if you're interested in an e-reader. But I encourage you just to think some of those things through. Let them absorb in your heart, and we'll help families as a result. That's a good deal. Would you agree? So Paul speaks of this in Galatians 5, and it's where I want to point you today. Paul speaks of getting free and then falling back into patterns of captivity. Getting, I just, I feel the Lord just really wanted to have a conversation with us about this. I want you to allow this to land on you. So many times we hear things and we think of somebody who really needed that. That message, right? Have you ever done that before? And then, like God's, the whole time, just trying to get you to, to pay attention for you, and you're thinking, "Oh boy, I wish so and so would have been here. They'd be, you know, they need to hear this." Now, what is it God wants to speak to you today? What is it God wants to speak to me today? Because in this interesting book of Scripture, Paul is addressing something so unique to the church yes. in Galatia and some of the bondages that they had submitted to in times past and how they'd broken into a place of freedom. And notice this, Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Interesting statement. We'll look at that in a moment. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What we find here is that actually God is revealing in Scripture a key that unlocks a sustainable pace of freedom that is a really important truth, a sustainable pace of freedom. We're not designed by God to show up and get cheered up and get preached up and get prayed up and go out and just run down until we can come back again. We are designed by God to walk, drawing in the breath of God every moment that we live, every hour of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of every generation that our children and our children's children would learn a lifestyle of embracing what God wants to reveal in the way we live our lives. That's God's desire for us. How do we get that sustainable pace of freedom? How do we discover that as we walk this out? You know, we know this year, it's been our focus, 2018, that we are created by God to flourish, and we're going to learn that more and more through the course of the year. It's our New Year's resolution, not just a— I'm sorry, New Year's revolution. Uh, I think I've been drinking too much this morning. It's our New Year's revelation, not merely a New Year's resolution. The revelation for 2018 is how God has created us to flourish. Not just us, but the community around us. The city prospers. A city flourishes when the the people of God begin to prosper, the Scripture says. And so I want you to understand and see this. This is such a key that unlocks a sustainable pace of freedom when we recognize what's written here. And it's that first phrase, and I pointed to it as we were reading. We know Paul's talking about, don't fall back into these habits. But the first phrase, it's one of those phrases, you read it, and it's like, yeah. I mean, when you first hear it, "It it is for freedom that Christ has made us free. Yeah. Wait, what? What what does that actually mean? It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. I mean, how many times have we read that and not really paid attention to what's actually being revealed and spoken there? And this is what you have to understand. And this is the key to the sustainable pace in your life of walking this thing out. Help others be free. That really do you want to know what the the key to a sustainable pace of a devotion life is how many of you struggle with your devotions from time to time this way, a second. How many of you struggle with your devotions from time to time? Let's be honest. I mean, we've got to walk this whole thing out. The, the gospel walks out in everyday real life, and we need to address it from that perspective. Jesus came in an element of humanity to let us know that the logic element of our mind is important to God. You need to be able to comprehend and understand, and then things get awakened within you, and suddenly you live from an entirely different paradigm, an eternal paradigm that unlocks your destiny in your life. And when you find yourself struggling, isn't it interesting? If you just go to somebody and say, You know, I'm just going to be honest. I I struggle with my devotions sometimes. Do you? Yeah, I do. Well, how about if we help each other stay on track? You begin to encourage each other along the— I mean, do you, do you understand? That positions you in a much more sustainable pace of accomplishing what it is that God has called you to. Here's the bottom line. It is not man for—it for, is not good for man to do his devotions alone. It is not good for man to break addiction alone. It is not good for man to go to church alone. It is not good for man to be in group alone. It is not good for man to be alone. God wants to awaken something within you where you're not just going to a place of freedom for yourself, but you are taking no prisoners. People are going with you. We are called to instill freedom, the freedom of Christ in the heart of humanity in every place we go. Anointed by God. It is for freedom that He has made you free. It is for freedom. Jesus didn't, this is what I'm trying to say in all this, Jesus didn't make you free so you could merely try to keep yourself free. Jesus made you free so you could become a freedom fighter, helping other people learn to live life free. We are not here to try and keep our faith intact. We are here to take over the world because the kingdom of God is here and now and expanding in the earth. Come on, you got to help me today. We're just going to call this sin today and declare it in Jesus' mighty name. Let the kingdom of God come. Let the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. The truth, that uh, we say this a lot of ways, but let me just reiterate again, Jesus didn't make you free so you could merely try to keep yourself free. He made you free so you could become a freedom fighter, helping other people find the freedom you found in Christ. I said this recently in a statement. I love this statement. I've rehearsed it so much, and I actually put it as a a blank to fill in today because I want to reiterate it with you. The truth is God wants your life to be awesome. I want you to know He wants your life to be awesome, but the trick with that truth is that He doesn't want you to pursue an awesome life for yourself. He wants you to provide an awesome life for others. Now that will make your life awesome. You want to know what what, what the key is to a sustainable pace of freedom in your life? Help other people get free. We have to get our focus off of ourselves. Immature babies are only concerned about what they want, and they do not concern themselves about how it affects anybody else. Immature babies don't care. They're not concerned. with. They're just hungry. They're just dirty. Diaper, I mean. <laughs> you know, they, they just, I mean, some immature babies are dirty, they need a bath. But you understand, whatever's going on in their life, they I mean, it's the middle of the night, and they need something, so they're crying. They don't care that you need sleep, because your sleep is not their concern. They need something, and immature babies don't give any concern for anybody else. And I believe the church today has coddled immaturity in such a way that we've even cultivated gatherings of the body of Christ where we're providing something that resembles the movies, keeping people entertained enough so they come back. And I want to welcome you to the gym where we want to put you to work and exercise your muscles and make you strong. Rise up in faith. Make a difference. Change the world. Leave it a better place. There's a man pushing the... The shopping cart around the grocery store and, and this bouncing baby boy screaming going nuts anybody seen that in the in the grocery store before and you know how you, you cross the aisle you're kind of going the same zones and you cross each other and this lady was crossing you know she would pass this guy and the baby is going bonkers and he was saying this he was, he was pushing his car he said, don't yell brian can baby going crazy? Calm down, Brian. Baby's just continuing to go crazy. He said, "Don't be crazy, Brian." And finally on about the third aisle, the lady meets him and she goes, "You are such a patient parent with baby Brian." And she, lady, I'm Brian. That's what he said. <laughs> 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 go to any t-ball game and you'll see the greatest problem with immaturity is not the children, it's the adults. See, aging is inevitable. I'm figuring that out. Somebody caught me in the lobby and said, oh, I like your scruffy look. And I I, kind of, yeah, salt and pepper. (laughs) Right? I got the salt and pepper scruffy look. My, My kids told me when I did a little shorter on the sides, I needed to create a hair diversion here. And so people won't look here, but they'll look here. And it's working. People are saying. Some people are saying, hey, I like that. And other people say, you need to shave. Boy. <laughs> Aging is inevitable. I mean, your hair, what, you should see all the hair on my back's gray. <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> that is just a joke. One time, I was in the swimming pool with Lexi, my daughter, and I (laughs) I got under the water, and I'm just holding my breath. I can hold my breath a long time, and I'm floating. And I look up and I said, "How long is that?" And she goes, "I don't know, Dad, but you look like a floating carpet." (laughs) (laughs) You're grounded. (laughs) I've learned. Aging is inevitable. How many of you figured out aging is inevitable? I jumped across a pond out here. It was raining, and I, I mean, I know I can do this physically. I know I've jumped, you know, done this before. I jumped across the pond. I jumped. I was like, oh, oh, I started walking. I was thinking, man, aging is inevitable. I, I can do it here, but I'm having a hard time, you know, doing it there. I mean, you know what I'm talking about if you're, you know, over whatever you are. I'll leave that one alone. Aging is inevitable. Aging is inevitable. Maturing is optional. Are you mature? You know how you can tell when something's mature? How do you tell when a tomato plant is mature? How do you tell when an apple tree is mature? It bears fruit. it bears fruit. Are you fruitful? Are others pointing to you, saying, my life is better because of this individual? Are you taking people with you? Aging in this is inevitable. Maturing is optional. You know, you can be a brand new follower of Christ. There are some people that have just given their lives to Jesus in our place. It's so exciting to see that, isn't it? We've been celebrating a few of those uh, major stories over the last few weeks, just prophesying and declaring over people, calling them up, and they're breaking free from cycles and addiction. And and one dude we met in the jail and uh, got so on fire for Christ, he got out, got free, and then he got really free, and he's coming and being a part, and we're just believing God for more of that. We're believing God for more of that. Come on, we're here to change society. You can be a brand new follower of Jesus and make decisions that will accelerate your growth, causing you to become more mature than somebody who's lived their entire life in the church. Especially if the person living their entire life in church have made decisions that have stunted their growth, causing them to become self-absorbed rather than considerate of other people. More aware of the cross of Christ, more considerate, love God, love others. I'm trying to just explain the perpetual pattern of walking in a state of freedom in your life. I've not mastered this, but I do understand it, and I am growing in it every day for the rest of my life. This is interesting because this is what I believe to be Paul revealing the key to, the, to this whole thing. Don't, don't fall back in those patterns. It is for freedom. Be a freedom fighter that he made you free. It's for the cause of freedom among all humanity. That's why he made you free. Don't fall back into those patterns. And then if you go one chapter prior to this, that was Galatians 5.1. If you go one chapter prior, you see Galatians 4.1. As long as the heir is underage, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. Paul then draws a parallel where he says spiritual infancy is likened to spiritual slavery. This is what he's saying here. Spiritual infancy is likened to spiritual slavery, and to be self-absorbed is to be spiritually immature. The keynote sign of maturity is love. And the more mature you are, the more loving you are. And here's the bulletin. The more unkind and unloving you are, the more immature you are, even if you've lived your whole life in church. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there's some mean people in church from time to time. I mean, not, not in this church. I'm talking about other ones. Y'all are really nice, except a few of you. <laughs> no, this is just about us growing deeper in a place of maturity where we're becoming more like Jesus. Isn't that what this is all about? And, and we all have our good days and we all have our bad days, Right? <clears throat> but the goal, ultimately, is that we're constantly bringing our bad days under the Lordship of Christ so that we have more good days than bad days, and we let God just do a deepening work in our hearts. We become more sensitive. I have a couple of ideas that will help you with this, but, but here's one that's really keynote to this. Taking responsibility for what God wants to entrust to your care will awaken new dimensions of things of the Spirit in your life taking responsibility for what God's wanting to entrust to your care. How many of you know God's not just trying to get you to heaven? He's trying to get you to take heaven into earth, like take control of what God's trying to entrust to your care. You have gifts, you have abilities, you have deposits that are within you that need to be awakened to transform the world around you. That's the way God does this thing. He awakens something within our heart, causes us then to begin to transform the world around us as a result of having an awakened uh, experience from him. So taking responsibility for what God's trying to entrust to your care will really awaken new dimensions of things of the Spirit in your life. If you go over to somebody's house and you're going to spend the night over at their house and they have a child, and in the middle of the night that child begins to cry, then you do what? you put the pillow over your head and roll over and try and go back to sleep because it's not your baby crying. They need to take care of the baby, right? They need to get up and take care of the baby. But if that's your house and that's your child, you're not just going to put the pillow over your head. You're going to get up out of the bed and you're going to go make sure everything is okay and you're going to take responsibility for whatever is going on in your life and your family. And I just want you to know, this is the way we are many times with ministry. We are driving through the city as if we have no regard with the community that God has called us to. This baby is your baby because it is on the heart of God and when you begin to take responsibility for what God has placed in your care you don't drive through the city disconnected from humanity. You actually drive through the city, and when you see someone with a flat, or when you're in the grocery store, you see somebody that looks like they might be struggling to count up the numbers as they're preparing to get to the grocery, you start to have a sense of compassion. We've been on vacation before, and I see somebody pulled over with a trailer behind, and for miles on the road, I'm thinking, man, that's just so, it's, it's terrible that their relaxed time is being hijacked. No telling what their, their regular life and routine is like, and i just by that more and more, the more we become like Jesus, the more we care about others and the more we think about their needs. When you go through the next school zone you go through and you see that 20-mile-an-hour flashing light and you slow down to obey the law, why don't you take responsibility to pray over that school as you drive through that slow zone? Take some responsibility. We're declaring safety and protection in our land. We're declaring Jesus is awakening the heart of the next generation in the land. There's something we have to release to the earth when we begin to take responsibility as God sees it. And too many times we're just on our own journey, living our own life, and when somebody's in the way, we're just, get out of the way, I'm trying to get to the checkout, and you don't realize that they're perhaps shopping for each other because they've just gotten news that they're not going to see another birthday. You just don't know what somebody's going through. Every person you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind. Perspective. Last blank. Maturity is when your love and concern for others outruns your love and concern for yourself. Maturity. Emperor Constantine legalized Christianity in Rome. Major breakthrough for Christians who'd been persecuted. Twenty-five years later, Emperor Julian <clears throat> began to try to turn Rome back to paganism. I saw this cartoon this last week, if you could pop that up, <clears throat> and I want to explain the significance of what is going on. You guys need to start acting right. Stop boozing, start giving to the poor. Sheesh, if I wanted all that, I'd be a Christian. This is Emperor Julian, and the reason that that is even a, a comic expression it's because the, the nature of history and what was going on. I want to just tell you the, the context of this. <laughs> so Constantine legalized Christianity. Then we, the, the next guard comes in and says, no, we're not going to have all that. You can take the cartoon down. We're not going to have all that. And Julian then takes over, and he decides we're going to return everything to, to paganism. He, he funded the temples. He funded temple worship. And, and it didn't shift. And he was frustrated. This is, this is documented, by the way, documented letters that he was writing. And this is what he said. This is one of the letters he wrote complaining. He said, quote, It is disgraceful that no Jew ever has to beg. These Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well. He goes on to say how difficult it's going to be to get control of a society where Christians are so generous. Now you get the idea of the comet. Love rules. And these early Christians, they understood that their role was to actively establish God's kingdom of love and compassion in the earth that awakened something in the hearts and lives of people around them everywhere they went. Secret acts of service. Let's love. Let's serve. Let's give. Let's learn spiritual maturity together as a family, as we care for the needs of others. Our love, our serve, and our give really does make a difference. Do you believe that? We've decided this year, in this year flourishing, we want to try and stay the course, starting today on the first Sunday of every month, We want to do a 30 days in review. We have no idea what all takes place on this campus, and there's no way to even capsulize it. At the end of the year, we do an end-of-year video, and it's about 20 minutes, and it's just fast-paced. And and looking at even what happens in month-to-month, it's amazing all the events that we do, all the outreaches that we do this next month is chock full of things that are going to be taking place. But we want to pause for just a moment. This is a -a two-and-a-half-minute video. And I want to ask you just to watch this, and as you watch, and you see the daddy-daughter dance, and the Easter, and the ladies' events, and the different things that have gone on, as you see that, I want you just to agree. Let's agree. The book of John says, let there be fruit that will remain. And as we're watching this, let's not just celebrate what God has done, but let's perpetuate something that deposits have been made, let fruit remain, and I want to say thank you, Destiny family, for making this sort of thing happen. thanks for what God's doing among us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you not only rescue us from our state of fallen humanity when we come to the readiness to acknowledge the sinful state of our lives, but Lord, you then position us To help others come into an awareness of your love and your life. We just want to be those people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me? We want to be, Lord, who you've called us to be. None of us have it all figured out. We're all just on a journey trying to find our way. And today, I pray, Lord, we take at least one step forward in our faith, one step forward in our love, one step forward in our serve, and one step forward in our give to see your kingdom expand in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name.